0: It, it, to me, it's always been naive. You know, um, on Earth they say, "Oh, well, we're the only
1: ones." We're, I mean, really, why? Have you been to the other planets? Have you checked out the other
0: planets?
2: Cougar Nation, welcome again aboard the BYU Hype Train podcast. I'm your host, uh, Joe Wheat. That's at eat 27 on Twitter. As always, with my boy Trevor Levitt and Chandler Miller. Uh, Hunter is not here today, so it feels like every time we record. Uh, we got a couple, we got, we got a different lineup, um, but hopefully like BYU's new lineup against Creighton, this one, this one works. Uh, but boys, how are we doing tonight?
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm also going to refrain from um, absolutely smashing, like smashing Hunter for being gone. I know that's the treatment I got when I was gone last time, <laughs> um, but he, he was at a, he was at a football game. He went to see the Cardinals and the Patriots, the Pats, Pats won so glad to see that he got to enjoy that but he's on his way back from phoenix so
2: it's good to know where his loyalties lie
0: yeah <laughs> trevor you're a better man than i
1: i would have taken some shots you know now's your opportunity uh should have taken advantage of that but it's, it's been a good <laughs> night uh it's been a, a rough week in terms of recruiting news and so recovering from that a little bit but uh trying to enjoy my week right trying to drown out all the noise and focus on the positives
2: uh, so I guess like first thing we can talk about that's a little positive is BYU basketball back, which feels like a ridiculous question to ask in a week where BYU lost to both South Dakota and UVU, but then they beat Creighton. I I know Chandler uh, basketball is not really your game, but uh, Trevor, did you watch? Did you watch the Creighton game?
0: I I did catch the the back half of it, and is is the question really is BYU back or? Is it that Dallin Hall is really everything we could have possibly asked out of a freshman?
2: I mean, I'd like it if he'd hit his free throws earlier so the, the game <laughs> winner isn't necessary. But
0: but then he goes and totally redeems is. himself.
2: <laughs> no, he's really good. Uh, I mean, it's still football season and there's still a ton of football news. So if you're looking for basketball analysis, this is not the podcast for you, <laughs> at least for another couple weeks. Um, but suffice to say BYU seems to have turned things around on the basketball court. So, I mean, we'll see. They play Utah on Saturday, uh, and a team that I can't remember who they play earlier this week, but I digress. Uh, to Chandler's point, uh, and probably the reason you're listening to this podcast is you're expecting to have some kind of a therapy session, uh, surrounding all the, the talented players that, we thought we had a shot with that ended up committing to Utah. Uh, so the elephant in the room is uh, Hunter Clegg committed. Uh, Smith Snowden committed yesterday. Uh, who else am I missing? The Fano brothers. The Fano's. Fano's. I guess we talked about them last week. But mm-hmm. Smith Smith was kind of like the the cherry on top of like oh my gosh, we have you know five players that we really wanted and they're all going to Utah. So. I guess said, open it up a little bit, what are your thoughts on this week in BYU recruiting?
0: I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, th- like you miss out on, you know, I mean, especially like mean, we talked about it last week, but, you know, Logan Fado, a guy you already had in house leaving. I mean, that's not something that's not an easy pill to swallow. Um but Joe, you had a great tweet on uh Snowden earlier in the week, just talking about how talented he is and to be able to kind of miss out on that uh and miss out on his talents is really unfortunate, especially considering that the fact that like I, I feel like he's a type of player that thrives in a Jay Hill system, um in a defense that Jay Hill now is gonna have his hands all over. Um does that mean that you know we can't have another player, you know, Phil is fill his role? No. Um, but it but it is disappointing. You you hate losing recruits uh, to a rival. And so dealing with that, it's it's not the end of the world. I think we've seen a lot of uh, maybe a little too far right and far left on the spectrum of like, oh, like this is the end of BYU versus like, this is nothing, like we're fine, like whatever. I, I fall in the middle. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think that BYU is going to just become this bottom feeding recruiting you know school or whatever it is but at the same time I'm not overly thrilled uh going at least over the last week or so oh of 5 right I mean over over the the last couple of months we've obviously had our recruits come in and whatnot but uh not not thrilled with that but happy at least to still be a BYU fan and to know that there are still good things ahead
1: yeah, absolutely. I think it's kind of what we should have expected right after the year that Utah's having versus the year that we're having. Uh, and that's kind of the consequence of uh, sometimes not making the tough decision and, and keeping maybe underperforming staff or or recognizing those problems a little bit earlier on. Uh, and here we are, right? We've had a decent year by objective measures going seven and five with the bowl game pending. But it's hard to compare to that uh, with what Utah's been doing this year, right? And I'll credit to them for that. But uh, one of my main questions that I, has me a little bit concerned going forward is just kind of about the NIL scene. Uh, and if BYU, not if we can compete, but if we want to compete uh, to the degree that uh, that Utah will, right? Uh, there's been obviously rumors floating around about some bags that Utah has been throwing at some prospects and some recruits. Uh, and I wonder to what degree Utah wants to be competitive uh, for these in-state recruits. Uh,
2: so I'm going to start off with Utah's, Utah's NIL stuff. Uh, it was reported by Dick Harmon that, uh, they're offering Walker Lyons, who's a, you know, four-star tight end, who's uh, another BYU target that's probably going to end up going to Utah. They're, they're saying that he's getting offered $500,000 to come and play at Utah, uh, which my first question is, where the heck are they getting the money from? And hilariously enough, uh, the vibe on Twitter was exactly the same from Utah fans asking where the heck did they get this money from? Uh, because there's not exactly like, how do I say this? kindly uh there's not a lot of like big name billionaire utah grads and i don't and i don't say that to say that like utah is about academic school it, it's it's fantastic but like most of the money in utah leans byu like the silicon slopes money domo uh qualtrics like those are all byu guys so it's like okay where where does this come from <laughs> but i think i think what we'll find is that these NIL offers and I think it's this way across the country it's not just Utah they're not guaranteed so like when you're getting recruited it's more of like yeah we'll we'll get you you know 500,000 worth of NIL deals but it's like once you actually join the roster it's like okay maybe like a couple of thousand of that is guaranteed and then the rest of it is like based off of appearances for certain companies. And maybe you're not performing as well as you thought you would. And so these companies don't really care to have you come on. And so like here you're thinking you're getting 500 grand in NIL because you signed with Utah, but really you're only getting like 10 or 15 because those are the only appearances companies wanted you to make. So it's like, it's kind of it's kind of tricky uh, and I, I don't know that for certain, but I know that's why like Texas A&M is getting into trouble uh, with their recruiting is like, they're having a million guys leaving the portal because they're promising these massive NIL deals that aren't really coming true. And so it's, it's kind of a sketchy environment that's unregulated, but man, like college football in 2022 and it's freaking awesome. (laughs) But as far as like BYU keeping up, as far as BYU keeping up, I'm not super worried. I think we'll, like BYU just came out with news uh, this week that they're they're partnering with the Utah Chamber of Commerce uh, to help you know BYU athletes get involved more uh, and and have better job opportunities when they graduate, which is awesome. But I also think over the next couple of months we'll start seeing a little bit more organized uh, you know NIL stuff like a collective you know coming to BYU. So I'm not super worried on the NIL front. Um, especially when like Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua, like they're making over six figures. So it's like, you can point to those guys and say, look, if you succeed here, you'll get paid because we got the fan base to do it.
0: This, this whole situation, it kind of reminds me of, did you guys see that clip when Colorado brought on primetime? And they, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure it was the AD or like the president of the school. They're like, you know, where'd you get the money? And he's like, well, we don't have it yet, but like, w- we'll figure it out. Like that, it just feels like everybody's kind of taken on that that feeling of like, well, we don't really have the money, but like, if you do well, like, w- we'll figure it out. Like, we'll we'll tie up those loose ends later. In
2: in other news, that's how I've approached my Christmas shopping this year.
0: <laughs> uh, but no,
2: I. Again, like as I don't think nil is something that as BYU fans we have to be too concerned about, um, especially because like I, I think BYU is, I think BYU is doing better than most think in recruiting. I know like this last week the the vibe has been like oh my gosh BYU missed on absolutely everyone, but I don't know. I stop me if if you guys you guys are getting me. You guys are going to get me going on a rant here in a second. <laughs> but like, if I, if I can build, the, if I can build this straw man argument that I, I, again, I get, I get the vibe and Trevor, like we, we pointed it out earlier this week in our, in our group chat that it's really frustrating when it feels like BYU is o for five. But to me, it's, I don't view it as Oh, for five because in my view, BYU had eight targets this year that, were like, if they got them, they'd be home runs. You you had Jackson Bowers, who's a four-star tight end. You had Ciali Acera, who's uh, listed as an edge rusher on uh, 24-7, who's also a four-star. You got Ethan Thomason, who probably should be a four-star uh, offensive tackle if he played anywhere but middle and nowhere, Colorado. You got um, – then, obviously, you got Walker Lyons, Hunter Clegg, uh, the Fano, uh, Spencer Fano, and Smith Snowden. Like, those those were your big targets – over the summer that we felt like were, you know, high three-star, four-star guys that BYU really had a shot with. And But to me, like when I break it down, BYU was recruiting two tight ends. Two of those guys are tight ends that BYU was recruiting really heavily. They got one and they missed on the other. Uh, two of those guys were offensive tackles. They got one and missed on the other. Two of those guys were edge rushers. They got one and they missed on the other. So it's like maybe it feels like BYU's 0 for five, but really they're more like three for eight, competing against Utah for these kids. And like, and keep in mind, all of these guys had Utah offers, and there were guys that BYU really or that Utah really wanted. Um, and I don't think we've seen the end of that because guys like, uh, uh, oh goodness, I'm totally blanking on his first name, but um, the younger Halu brother, uh, who's currently committed to Utah as a running back, he just had Kyle Whittingham come in for you know an in-home visit. Uh, which shows how important he is to their class. And he was just at BYU for an official visit over the weekend. So like, Matiaki Helu. yeah, yeah. Matiaki Helu. sorry. Uh, but like, <clears throat> there's still guys on the board. So yes, it sucks to lose the guys that we did because we thought that, you know, Spencer Fano, his brother was on the team. We thought, you know, that, that should obviously be a, be a guy that BYU can get Hunter Clegg. Like he just seems like a, a guy that BYU should be able to get Smith Snowden seems like a guy his dad played here. Like we should be able to get that kind of kid. And so like I understand how frustrating it is, but at the same time, like the only one, like the only position group that I feel like BYU just whiffed on was cornerback because we missed on Smith Snowden. Like there's not there's not very many four star cornerbacks that come out of the state of Utah, period. But there's certainly not a lot of four star quarterback cornerbacks that consider playing for BYU. I don't think we've ever signed one higher than like an 83 on 24 seven. So like, that's, that's one that definitely stings. But as far as the others, like, I, I just, I just don't buy that this recruiting cycle has been a disaster. You know, I, I think losing these guys sucks, but I mean, I'll go through it in a second and like list off the guys that we, that are already committed. Like, this is still probably the best. It is the best class by like average star ranking that BYU's ever had. Uh, so I, I don't. I, but I like. I understand where the narrative's coming from, but I just don't think it's necessarily based in. I, I guess it's just more based on recency bias than I, the actual numbers.
0: <laughs> no, I mean obviously we've we've had this chat in in the group chat, so not to you know rehash anything that we've already said. I I don't know if I like love like three out of eight, like, and, and who knows, maybe I'm just after missing out on Smith's note and maybe I'm just not in the most positive s- state of mind. And I, and that I will, probably wake up tomorrow and be fine. But, but I see like below 50%, right? Like, like if we really want to compete with Utah, like I, I think actually four out of eight would be an acceptable number. I, I just think, I just think when one of them was a legacy guy, that we miss out on that's and and you already touched on that. That that one obviously stings. I, I just think the biggest thing for me might've been also, and, and this could be, some, I don't want to speak for any of the, the rest of the fan base, but I think, I think expectations were a little higher um, this recruiting class as well. Uh, we're going into the big 12. We have, we've obviously had our issues with the defensive side of the ball. Those have been fixed like monumentally so and Jay Hill hasn't coached a snap yet. Like but like the the feeling, the talk around the state around like the Midwest, like everybody's talking about what a huge hire this Jay Hill you know hire is and yet we're we're losing guys who who would benefit from that. And so I I just wonder where the disconnect is where I mean I know obviously that Utah's winning championships but i but i feel like as like a former athlete myself like when i see utah have success my first thought is man i want byu to do that like man i would do anything to help byu get there now obviously i i run track i, I didn't contribute at all in football but i just imagine i just picture these kids like i mean i don't feel like i'm like that different from them i'm not obviously identical either but I guess it's disappointing when we have legacy guys and we have guys in-house, when they see Utah having success, that their first thought isn't, I'm going to get BYU there. Rather right. than, rather than I'm going to join that. Like, it just, it's, I don't know, it's like a little Kevin Durante. Does that, like, is that? Yeah, no, no, I,
2: I totally hear that. And, like, especially with guys like Keenan Peely entering the transfer portal. And, like, spoiler, we probably know where he's going, to Like, I, I totally hear that. Um, and the thing is like, I understand their thought process. Like I understand the thought process of like, you know, Utah's winning championships. They just played in the Pac-12 title game. Hunter said it last week, like being in that atmosphere, like it's hard to fault a kid for wanting to play in that. But at the same time, we also talked about it last week. We don't need dudes. We like, we need dudes with that mentality that you're talking about, Trevor. We're willing to come in and build something. Uh, And and that's not to say anything bad about the mentality of the players that signed with Utah. Like I, I totally, I totally understand why they'd want to go. But at the same time, like, I think it's, I think it's just, it's probably a little unfair to think that just because BYU is going to the big 12, that all of a sudden we would start winning every single recruit that we want. Like all going to the the big 12 does, it gives Utah one less card that they can play against us where they can say like, "Oh, we're in a P5, BYU's not. Come play for us, and you'll play on a bigger stage." They can't do that anymore. Now Utah has to, you know, recruit positively for their school, which they're doing an excellent job of because there's a lot of good stuff going on uh, at Utah right now. Um, but at the same time, like, I think I, I, again, all of this hurts more because it's Utah, right? <laughs>
1: Of course, as always. Like
2: if if Hunter Clegg, like it didn't hurt this much when Hunter Clegg and Walker Lyons went to Stanford, did it?
1: Hard to play Good school, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have my own opinions on that, but uh, uh, but like it's it's again, it's just because it's Utah. Like BYU wasn't getting those kids anyway. Like Walker or Hunter Clegg and Walker Lyons were not coming to BYU to begin with. But now that they decommitted, it's like, oh, maybe BYU is a shot again. But, like, it, again, it's it's just because, like, we're looking up north and we're feeling jealous because of the situation that they were in. But, like, we just have to realize we're 10 years behind and we're just starting. Like, if if we're going to compare ourselves to Utah, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to Utah right now. We should be comparing ourselves to Utah's recruiting class when they entered the, enter the Pac-12. And, like, our recruiting class now, the average star rating is comparable to what – Utah had uh, when they entered the, the Pac-12 in, in, in 2011. So we're, we're on track. It's not like it's not like the wheels have fallen off here. It's just because Utah has had so much success and they're getting guys who obviously want to play in those environments and they don't wanna to have to wait. But the other thing is like, all these kids are going on missions and who knows what the college football <laughs> landscape looks like in two years, so.
0: Sure, sure. my my one other question, is, is obviously yes. Like if at the end of the day, like, you know, I won't throw out names, but if like, there's athletes going to Utahs purely because they want to compete for championships, like we don't, we don't want them. Right. But like yeah. if, if let me collect my thoughts here, I, I guess there's a part of me that is maybe a little bit, not questioning, but just a little bit, Um, concerned or maybe wondering what the attitude is around uh, BYU. Like I, I, we, I just showed my wife. um, We haven't seen, remember the Titans in forever. And obviously, you know, there's a line in there that, you know, attitude reflects leadership. I I just, there is a part of me that, that sometimes wonders with these coaches, if, if these players aren't getting the attitude where they feel like they can win. I, and I know like, we can see the writing on the wall. We know that the big 12 is going to be tough, but like we can say that as fans. I don't know if I want my coaches saying that. Like, I don't know if I want them going to the players and being like, okay, well, you know, if history is anything um, to be repeated, then, you know, we're probably going to have a losing record for the first couple of years. Um, but like, come play for us anyway. Like, like we can, we can say that and we can expect that, but like when some of these players are like, Oh, well, I want to go win now. Cause we're not going to do it here. I just kind of wonder like where the coaches are, what, like what conversations are being had where they feel like, you know, maybe they don't feel like it is possible because of who's around them. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Coach. And,
2: I, and I think you're right with the previous coaching staff. Right. I think, I mean, I mean, who knows? Like, if guys like Keenan Peely are leaving, that's really disappointing. But he also has one year left, and uh, I I don't know if he wants to to spend that in a situation where why he might not make a bowl game. Next sure, year. Pe- Peely's, so, Peely's
0: off my list. He's fine.
2: But like, who else has transferred other than him? Really, I guess I mean, Fano. Who Fano? But like Fano wanted to go play with his brother, so like I feel like that's kind of a different. I I don't think BYU has lost anyone yet. Uh, They've lost people on the offensive side of the ball who are thinking that way, but they haven't lost anyone on the defensive side of the ball yet who is, who would leave because they don't like the situation that, that BYU is in. Or they feel like the culture sucks. Like, I guess maybe Peyton Woolgar, but the thing is, is like the people who are responsible for that culture on defense are gone. Uh, Like Tuiaki was on record saying that he didn't want to, he didn't want to play the bowl game last year because it was UAB. Like that's a loser mentality. <laughs> Jay Hill is like, I can't remember who he said it against, but he came in at halftime against a team that they were blowing out and said like basically stomp on their neck. Like Jay Hill is the guy who who is who wants to get up for every single game that they play. And so like if there's players who aren't bought into that culture, then see you later. I I'm I'm totally with you. We want, like we need dogs on this football team. Like we need guys like a Zach Wilson who are going to commit at the end of 2017 when everything sucked and be that guy who wants to like rebuild the program. I think guys like Jackson Bowers, dog, uh, you know, Sialia Sarah, dog. Those are guys who want to come in and change that culture and be those guys. So I, I guess like, again, if, if, a, if a recruit doesn't want to be a part of that, then we didn't want them anyway. Uh because we, we need guys who are committed to BYU and building them into what, frankly, Utah is right now.
1: Absolutely. And both of you have touched on the expectations right, that we've had, both about this past year, the past recruiting class. I wanted to ask since when have we been known to have reasonable expectations for <laughs> Like That's always right. been the case where we always want to achieve. We've been overachieving for a few years, right, if we're being honest. The COVID year with Zach Wilson killed it. Obviously, schedule is a little bit different and all that. But We've been overachieving for a little while now, and so it it really sucks to kind of hit the wall, face reality that we're a few years behind where other programs might be, right, especially looking up north at Utah. Um, Wanted to also shout out that we do have a few of those kind of cultural difference makers, I think, in our program already. Uh, Guys like MOA and guys, some of the other younger recruits who are being very vocal on Twitter and other social media about like, hey, I'm here. We're going to get this right. Kalani is the man, right? Um, totally trusting the coaching staff going forward, as well as whoever else is brought on. Uh, People seem really pleased with the Jay Hill hiring thus far. I know he can recruit really well. Uh, It's it's kind of reported and hinted at that he might've been the key to keeping Cialia Sarah, who by the way, has an offer from Michigan and from Tennessee. I was kind of whispering that to myself all week, just to kind of feel a little bit better.
2: (laughs) Oh, Um, I mean, he was, he was within days of flipping to UCLA. Right. So like it's, I mean, I know Spencer's going to catch a lot of heat for teasing this four-star recruit, (laughs) that Jay Hill sealed, sealed the deal on, but like he did. No, Shelly yeah, was probably right, right, so.
1: Yeah, keep, keeping a player is, is just as important as recruiting it, right? At that point, like, imagine if we had, you know, only gone two for eight, you know, and it wouldn't have hurt because he didn't go to, you know, Utah and all that. But that's, a, that's another huge player that we need in our program. We need more guys like that. Um, yeah, and if it helps BYU fans listening, uh, we can just kind of consider the transfer portal as kind of uh, these, these recruits that we are now winning, right? We can go back and look at how they were out of high school. Some of these guys were high four-star recruits, guys that would have been the best recruit in our class. And here they are just a year or two later, still the same skill set transferring here to BYU. Hopefully we can land a few of those guys in the next few weeks.
2: Right. Um, And like to kind of put a bow on BYU's current recruiting class, uh, I think that the highest com- the highest rated commit BYU had in the twenty let's see in the twenty twenty class the highest rated recruit BYU had was Cody Epps at an eighty six on twenty four seven BYU has four players currently committed that uh, are higher than that in this class and more on the way so. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at, like, the year-by-year averages of, like, where BYU was recruiting, you know, three years ago to where they are now, it's night and day. So, like, we're definitely seeing that that big 12 bump. But, like, to put this in a little bit of perspective of how good this BYU recruiting class is, like, last year, BYU signed 14 players on defense. Uh, those 14 players had a total of 12 competing offers with BYU. 12. They signed 14 players uh, and 10 of – they. sorry – They signed 14 players, 12 of those, sorry, I'm totally losing my mind here. 14 (laughs) players, 12 competing offers among those 14 players. 10 of those offers were for two players. Okay. Like BYU's recruiting class last year on defense was absolutely awful. This year, Siala Yacera has 20 offers, which is more than like that entire last class combined. And 15 of those were P5s. Okay. So like, that dude is that guy. Uh, you have Jackson Bowers, who has uh, 26 offers, including uh, I think his top five were Washington, Alabama, and Arizona. Um, and BYU won that recruiting battle against Alabama, who really did want Jackson Bowers. You got CLA Asera, who has 20 offers, uh, who was competing against UCLA for him. You got... Uh, Ethan Thomason, who has 18 offers, uh, including Stanford, Utah, and Arizona State, who are really pushing hard for him. Uh, you got Josiah Phillips, who has 12 offers out of high school, uh, who is, you know, we were competing against guys, teams like Michigan State for him. So it's like this this class is night and day different from what we're used to. It only it only feels like it sucks because there were really talented players that we thought we could get that we're missing on. But the thing is, this recruiting class isn't over. Um, to, to Chandler's point about you know all the transfers that, that might be coming in, uh, I'm going to just like rattle off a list of names and we can talk about whoever you want. But these are uh, notable either transfer guys or recruits that are still on the board for BYU and visited BYU within the last week for an official visit. So these are all guys that BYU has a really good shot with. Uh, you got Daniel Nada from Arizona State, uh, who was a 95 rating at a high school, who I think had 36 offers at the high school level. Uh, if you don't remember him, he gave BYU fits when BYU played ASU last year. I was gonna you, say, got Isaiah, yeah. you got Isaiah Jada, uh, who's an 88 rating on 24-7, who just de- who decommitted to South Carolina uh, while he was on his vis- visit to BYU. So kind of an interesting <laughs> connection there.
1: Cougar Nation, have you heard of Coug Connect? Cougar Connect is the longest running, most experienced NIL collective in Provo. Coug Connect was started by Cougar fans at the request of the players and always seek their input for what they want to do in NIL. Go to CougConnect.com today. Become a paying subscriber for $9.99 a month. 90% of all subscriptions is used to create NIL
2: deals for the players. Go Cougs! Uh, LJ Martin is a four-star who's currently committed to Stanford, but loved his BYU official visit over the weekend, so we'll see how that uh pans out Malachi Riley from a high school centennial stand-up, um, who's an 88 rating on 24-7 wide receiver, uh who were competing with him for uh with with Arizona, Maxwell Hyancor, who's a uh, ju- uh offensive tackle out of junior college with 20 offers, um uh, Maliki Matavo, who's a 95 rating transfer from Oregon, uh whose sister just committed to BYU for basketball. Uh, Armani Chapman from Virginia Tech, who just posted on Twitter today that uh, BYU could be his new home. Matsuyaki Halu uh, and Mason Tafuga, who are four-star uh, caliber players. So I feel like that was a mouthful and I'm just talking a lot. But uh, who who among this list of players are you guys really excited about?
0: I mean, I think, I think the one that jumps off the page is Armani Chapman. Um, I mean, obviously – we've been talking about the importance of DBs. Right. And so, um, and, and also like it's been, he's been hot and cold at times, but just the production that we've gotten um, from another uh, now, I guess other power five team, because look at that. Like we get to stamp that on our resume now. Um, But Caleb Hayes coming from, I believe it was Vanderbilt, right? Um,
2: Uh, He came from Oregon state. Judy Lally came from Vanderbilt. Thank you.
0: Got Um, He's another one. Judy Lally has been great as well. Um, So being able to bring in corners uh, from the transfer portal, especially, um, especially on a team now ran by, by Jay Hill is going to be very important. Um, You, you touched on Malachi Riley as well. I think he's one that definitely stands out uh, for more reasons than obviously the fact that he went to Joe's high school, Um, but just an extremely talented player and uh, two guys that can make a difference day one. Uh, And I think, I think those are two guys. If I had to like hand pick who I wanted, it, it probably starts there.
2: Yeah. Uh, I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jen.
1: Oh yeah, no, you're good. I was just gonna say I'm looking at the running backs, especially uh, with our group going into next year, knowing I think we definitely need an infusion of talent and experience there. Looking at Danielle Nada, looking at L.J. Martin, uh, looking at Matiaki Halu, that'd be ob- obviously any of those would be a huge coup for BYU. Um, would love to get maybe a different back back there. Uh, our running grade on pff i believe was pretty pretty good overall for the run game the o-line graded out well in that aspect the running backs not so much like didn't do as much as they should have with uh, some of the holes that were open for them. so uh, i'm hoping that we can get maybe some different faces there
2: no i i think that's absolutely i think that's great uh guys like i mean daniel nada is probably the one that like excites me the most among that list from from asu that dude that dude's really good. I don't know if BYU has ever – if he comes to BYU, BYU's never had a running back as talented as him. Um, but to your point about LJ Martin, have you guys watched his highlight tape? I have not. Okay, if you guys want to feel hyped about the future of BYU football, if he commits, just like while, while we're talking, just look up, look up his highlight tape on Huddle. And while you're listening to this, go look at his highlight tape on Huddle. And let me know what you guys think because his first play is, is freaking wild. Um, but I don't know. I like going up and down this list, if BYU got all of those kids, it'd be the best, it'd be by far the best recruiting class BYU's ever had. It'd be a top, you know, 40 class. Uh, not saying BYU is gonna get all of those guys, but BYU is a real shot to get all of those guys. And so it's, I don't know, it's its hard for me to feel like the sky is falling when like signing day is next week and there's still a bunch of dudes on the board who BYU's got a really good shot with. Um, I guess some kind of like tidbits, so you guys don't have to do the research, Malachi Riley, uh, I think he was a four-star at one point. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it looks like his rating had dropped a little bit to a high three-star. Um, but he... He's kind of like a Cody Epps. Cody Epps hosted him on his visit this weekend, and they kind of seem like the same type of dude. Uh, where in the twenty four seven article written about Malachi Riley, he goes like, "Yeah, Cody was talking about how like you know, it's it's just a great place that you can you know play football and just focus on school. Like neither of us are big partiers, um, so like he they're they're very very similar types of people." Uh, and we need more guys like Cody Epps in this, in this building. So like, I'm just like, I'm imagining a future wide receiver room that has Cody Hagan, Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill, Malachi Riley, and J- Jojo Phillips. Like that just like, it just, I don't know. It gets me really excited about the future of this BYU offense. Uh, Trevor, how's, how's this highlight tape looking?
0: I I love him. I think, I think <laughs> it, it's, the, it's just the type of like, I, I just see like, ball carrier vision i think like you talked about in that that first clip especially like just being able to find holes where it just really doesn't look like there is any um and and with chandler pointed out obviously that the offensive line graded out really well um i mean if you have a good line with a with a guy that can see and understand you know how you know holes work and how you know and where he needs to run and and where he needs to you know Dance around and or you know hit a gap or whatever it might be like that's a dangerous combo. I mean it's something it's something that like BYU hasn't had a ton of like especially not this year. I mean maybe a little bit with with Tyler Algier obviously, but um it definitely would be a very exciting pickup. And, and also six six two two hundred five before he even hits college. I mean that's it's a big boy.
2: It's a big running back, and he's like he's re- he's fast for for how big he is. He's, like, he's, he's really elusive for how, how big he is, especially.
0: Hey, also, do you guys know, I've never seen a, he's got a nine, 99.5 GPA. I've never seen a GPA like that. I'm assuming it's out of a hundred, right?
2: I guess. I mean, he, he's committed to Stanford, so he's got to be some kind of smart.
0: <laughs> he's like five tenths off of a hundred percent GPA. That's not bad.
2: I've, I've just never seen a Texas. They do think weird things, I guess. I don't everything, know. Shama, if everything's you guys bigger. Yeah, everything's bigger. In Utah, <laughs> in
0: Utah, we only go to four, but in Texas, <laughs> they go to 100.
2: Bunch of news uh, here in Utah. Apparently. Um, but yeah, I mean, other guys that I'm really excited about, like Maliki Matavao, uh, I think is how you pronounce it. I have no idea. I apologize if I'm messing this up. Um, he's one that was kind of like linked to BYU last year, but he didn't end up going to the portal again. He's, he's rated higher than Walker Lyons. So if BYU misses Walker Lyons and gets, uh, Maliki, like great. That's, that's fantastic. And his sister just committed to play basketball for, for BYU in this class. So like there are, there is a connection there. Hopefully BYU is able to reel him in, but I mean, losing guys like Spencer Fano and replacing him with a Maxwell he goodness gracious just I need sure. I need, a, pronunci- sure. I need sure. a pronunciation chart
0: The effort's there.
2: Uh I'm trying guys. But um he's an he's he, again he's an offensive tackle out of a junior college in California. He's got 20 offers listed. Uh and he's a very 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 good player. Uh so it's like if you're going to miss on a Spencer Fano Bringing a guy like that. Uh, I think Matsuyaki Halu is a guy I'm really looking at as well. Um, if BYU can pull in both Matsuyaki Halu and LJ Martin, that'll be the highest, both of those I think would be the highest rated running backs BYU's ever had. So like there's, there's plenty to get excited about. Um, and we haven't even talked about the quarterback position yet. Uh, have you guys heard any of the rumors going on circling BYU's quarterback?
0: I, I have, but I don't. I don't want to spoil the surprise if you've got somewhere. You're- no, I, I
2: don't have a big review. I just – <laughs> yeah. uh, So go ahead. I was good.
0: I was just going to – go ahead. I mean, I was just going to do probably what you're about to do right now. So we're, <laughs> we're good.
2: I mean, uh, Jaron Hall hasn't made a decision about his future yet, but uh, two guys have been linked to BYU, Drew Pine and Keaton Slovis. Uh, who I think they they reevaluated their transfer rating. I think Slovis is an 89 on 24-7, Drew Pine's an 88. Um, We've obviously seen a little bit of both uh, since we played Notre Dame this year, and we saw Keaton Slovis play in Provo in 2019. Um, What are your guys' thoughts? And I guess the the question I really want to ask is, what would you rather have? Jaron Hall for one year, Keaton Slovis for one year, or Drew Pine for three years?
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think, I think we've talked about this at, at length. I I don't like, and uh, like respectfully and uh, frankly, out of, out of love for Jaron, I I don't, I don't want him back. I I, I want him to be able to go to the NFL. I want him to be able to pursue his dreams there. Um, I just think we've obviously seen with the amount of injuries that he sustained that, his and I don't, you know, obviously. Knock on wood. Taysom Hill had a bunch of injuries in college and has been, again, knock on wood, pretty healthy in the NFL. Um, but but I would love to see him, uh, go and pursue that. Um, in which case, you know, Keaton Slovis, obviously, if we're trying to find um kind of a gap, QB before we bring in somebody else, and I think he's gonna do fine. Um, I have seen a lot of people point out his stats from the last couple of years. Um, to be honest, the way A-rod has ran the passing game at BYU, I feel like the stat line to look at would be more of his freshman year, where he threw for 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Um, just everyone forget the fact that we gave him like a third of those interceptions in one game at LaVella Stadium. But, but uh like he, he would be one that I'd be fine with. I think if I had to, you know, Drew Drew Pine, I guess the question with him is is he is he BYU's future? Like, is that, is that what we want Drew Pine to be? Because if we're committing to him for three years, that's, that's kind of what we're saying is our, you know, this is going to be our guy for three years, barring, you know, Isaac Wilson doesn't come in and really shock everyone or, or a writer Burton um, or any of those guys. Like, are we willing to hand Drew Pine the helm and, and let him do his thing? Um, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw um, from him uh, during the game this year. I, I like it more now that we're not playing. I, I didn't love it at the time, obviously, because his ball placement, and everything was was really good. Um, he also seems to be able to find his tight ends pretty well. <laughs> you beat, me to, uh, it. You beat yeah. me to it. Um But but uh, I I think I don't think you I don't think you lose either way. Um, if there was one that I I if I could pick to like take off the table, it'd be Jaron coming back. I I just think, I just think it's time for him to, to pursue, you know, something else and, and really give the NFL a shot. So.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Chandler?
0: Yeah.
1: I think I feel pretty similarly uh, to Trevor here. Just, yeah. I'm not wanting to see Jaron back. (laughs) Obviously I, I think he'd be maybe the best QB on the field of these three options for us next year. But again, like this, what Trevor said, uh, it's going to be better overall for him, I believe, if he goes. Uh, wouldn't be upset if I see him come back because it might help us out next year. But, um, yeah, either Keaton Slovis or Drew Pine as kind of stopgap QBs. Uh, would. Yeah, I think both of them could do a good job. And uh, mostly that's because I trust Aaron Roderick. Uh, to be able to help develop QBs to create game plans that are going to be friendly to them and their strengths. Um, Drew Pine last year threw for 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, careful with the football. If we could just avoid turnovers, hopefully establish a better run game if maybe one of these running back transfers fingers crossed there um yeah i trust that any any of them could have success here uh, i think slovis's trajectory per se has been more on more of a downward slant uh, as opposed to pines and that's kind of one thing that i'd be considering there however yeah I, I think i'd lean pine over slovis at this point for that reason uh, but i trust that with our wide receiver core with our o-line as one of the best pass blocking o-lines in the country as well as with Roderick at the helm that kind of any quarterback we bring and we'll, we'll be okay.
2: Yeah, I, my, my take on it is that I think Slovis is the quarterback. I'd like to have the least of the three. Um, if we're only getting one year out of him, I'd rather take Jaron Hall. Cause I know that Jaron Hall can ball out in this offense. Um, and I don't know that Keaton Slovis could do, can do that. He hasn't really looked the same since his freshman year. I mean, he's very, very talented and he was really good at USC but he's kind of like a high Detmer score type of guy uh, that we talked about uh, with with college football sickos is he's like (laughs) high touchdown, high interception type of dude. And that kind of guy scares me in this offense when you got so many weapons, like just deliver the ball where it needs to be. Um, But okay, I think like BYU fans perceptions on Drew Pine, I feel like are mostly related to that video where he was getting chewed out by... Tommy Reese, his offensive <laughs> coordinator at Notre Dame. Is that a fair, is that a fair assessment?
0: I mean, to be honest, okay, I haven't, I, I haven't seen many reactions. I, I don't I, know.
2: I just, I get the vibe that like most, most people think he's just kind of like a game manager as opposed to like a really good quarterback. And I think a lot of that just relates to him getting chewed out against Marshall or sorry, even getting chewed out uh, earlier in the season. And then he didn't look that great against Marshall, but like, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off some Drew Pine stats for you, and hopefully I can sell you on them. Are you guys ready? Yes. Let's hear it. Uh, so we already talked about uh, you know 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, he has a pass efficiency rating of 155 this season, which Jaron is 160, I believe. Um, he is. Let's see. Uh, on deep throws this season, he is. 19 for 36, 545 yards, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and an NFL passer rating of 137, which for the re- for reference, a perfect NFL passer rating is 153. Uh, so com- completing deep balls at an extremely high level. Um, he is offer sheets out of high school, and he's, he, was, he was a freshman this year. Uh, I think he signed in the 2020 class, but with the COVID year and a bunch of weird stuff, I think he's still a freshman. Uh, His offer sheet at a high school included Alabama, Auburn, Baylor, Florida State, Louisville, LSU, Miami, Michigan, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Penn State, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Virginia Tech. And that's just like, I think that's only like half his offers. If if you didn't know anything about this player, would you be interested?
0: Yes. Sign me up. On yeah.
2: A- I mean, like, it feels like a no brainer, right? Like I feel like three years of Drew Pine. And again, like he's not a game manager. He's shown this season that he can push the ball down the field at an effective level. And BYU has got guys and, and weapons that you can push the ball down the field with. Like, I don't know. I, I just I don't see why Drew Pine would be a bad option.
1: One thing to correct here as well is I, I don't feel like we are necessarily committing to him for three years, right? If he comes here and has success and knocks it out of the park, then great. Yeah, he can be the guy going forward. If it's terrible and it's just way below what we have expected, even with our high expectations as BYU fans, if it's just really subpar, after a few games, we can evaluate our options, right? It's tough in-season. Uh, we, you know, obviously, we'd have to hope Cade Fennegan can be the man, or somebody else could step up. Uh, but I, I don't think we need to consider that we are committing to him for three years. Uh, that's that's the best case scenario if he if he kills it. Uh, but if not, then uh, once again, we we're we're hoping for Isaac Wilson. We're hoping for some other recruit that we can bring in, and we'll go from there. But uh, as for next year, yeah, I give me Drew Pine.
2: And the transfer portal is still a thing next year, so it's like it's it. if if he succeeds, fantastic. If he doesn't succeed, then okay, so be it. But I don't know. I feel like that's the kind of guy that, and he's just, I mean, he's. it's not like he's slow or not mobile either. I think he runs a mm-hmm. four seven is what's listed on his 24 seven profile. So he's not like a, he's he's definitely not like a, a statue sitting in the pocket.
1: Mm-hmm. And speaking of statues, uh, I mean, he is listed at 5'11", um, but that's another thing to consider, not in terms of talent or any limitation, but I love that he has that offer sheet with his size listed, right? Like. Talent, really good evaluators of talent at at, Alabama and at other schools saw him as a 5'11 QB and said, no, he can still ball. We still want him. Um, Yeah, they, they were not overlooking him for that reason, and we shouldn't either.
2: And if you want another if you want another video that's going to make you really excited about Drew Pine, go watch his high school highlight tape because that <laughs> again, that dude is dropping absolute okay, dimes. Like well, he's he's a he's a high arm talent kind of guy and I feel like if he didn't look like he was 45 years old with like <laughs> absolutely no muscle tone and hairy arms all the way up to his shoulders, we'd think of him differently.
1: Hunter Renfro of QB's.
2: Right. <laughs> I mean Back. he definitely looks like I mean he definitely looks like someone in your local priest quorum.
0: He'll fit right
2: in. But that's, but that's the thing. Like he's a great cultural fit. Like he's an ultra Christian guy who is looking for a certain type of environment. I don't think, and like, if you brought him in, I still think you could probably still bring in another transfer quarterback to come in and fill that and to come in and have him compete with because he's got time. And I think like if, if Notre Dame would have given him the opportunity, he would have, uh, he would have competed for that job, but Notre Dame just asked him to leave. So like, I don't know, I'll, I I would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, so I mean, we'll see what happens with Jaron. I assume we won't hear anything until after the, the bowl game. But hopefully, we hear sooner rather than later because I don't want to miss out on a guy like Drew Pine uh, and then not get Jaron because we waited too long.
0: Yeah, I well, and and just one last thing. Obviously, I mean, we've we've sung Drew Pine's praises uh, plenty. But but just you mentioned obviously the the clip of him getting chewed out you know the the do your effing job uh, whole kind of meme that took place at Notre Dame but like is that like what I guess why why is that a concern because he turned like he he did he did yeah. his, his effing Notre, job.
2: <laughs> Notre Dame was eight and two Notre Dame was like what one and two without him and like eight and two with him so like. And that's the other thing he stood there and took it like he's he's not he's he's certainly not a diva like he's the he's the type of dude who will take that kind of coaching and that's that dog mentality that I'm talking about that, that I want well, me, give, give me, give me a five, give me a five eleven four four-star quarterback.
0: Yeah. As, yeah. as fans, we've been saying like, why don't our coaches yell? Yes. Like what better way than to bring on a QB that can clearly take it. And he doesn't even have to <laughs> hear the F word. So it's going to be, so it'll be a little bit less harsh, but we know he can handle it. Right. So I just, I, I don't know. I, I guess you brought that up as something that people have been hung up on. I I don't see it as a hang up at all. I actually, if anything, it's something that actually is a, even more of a selling point.
1: Right. He's going to come from a team where people are held accountable and hopefully he can uh, keep some of our guys accountable as well, for sure.
2: So hopefully we've, we've convinced you to be a little bit more positive about the state of the BYU football program. Like I know it feels like a lot of things are falling apart right now because You know, we're seeing a lot of guys leave the transfer portal and not a lot lot of guys coming in. Uh, BYU's coaches are very active in the transfer portal. And if some of the names that we've referenced today end up coming to BYU, this offense is going to be really, really scary. Uh, And honestly, like, I mean, we'll see what kind of players on defense BYU brings in, but like that uh, Armani Chapman guy from Virginia Tech, that dude can ball. Uh, I think he was, uh, his his passer rating, his quarterback passer rating allowed when targeted is like 73, which is not I, I don't know if that number means anything to anybody, but not it's not very it's not very good. Like he, he's a very good cornerback, uh, and it'd be awesome to have him on the roster, especially if you're losing a guy like Smith Snowden. So I digress. Uh BYU has a football game this week. <laughs> I oh, we do. it feels like we've already moved on to the offseason. Uh <laughs> Rate your excitement level for this, or your interest level in this game from one to 10.
0: If you, okay, it depends on.
2: Give me an it, answer. Give me an it's, answer. It's,
0: it's a nine and I'll tell, but I'll tell you why. <laughs> oh, There's nine. Yes, listen. Let's do what you talk. Five points of that, five points of that is the fact that we are probably going to see a four string QB. Like I okay, okay. I guess there's a part of me that like I'm with Chandler. I think I think in Aaron Roderick's system, like whoever, if they even have a little bit of talent, like whoever you throw behind the center is going to be like okay. I I guess I've been saying that all year, and I've been saying that the last couple weeks, and now it's time for rubber to hit the road. And to see what our four-string QB can do in an Aaron Roderick system, and, and so the, yes, that does make it a little more intriguing. Um, tri- and so, tri- <laughs> and like to end the season on a win, like I, I just like I do, I would much rather be eight and five than seven and six.
1: Sure, yeah, Trevor, Trevor gave it a nine, but it's a football sickos nine. It's like it's an yes. Iowa Rutgers nine. Yeah. You One know, thousand
0: like... percent. I was going to say
2: the same thing, word for word.
1: Fair, fair. I mean. For me, I got to say, I think it kind of depends on Jaren's health. I think there's we're getting some good indicators that he probably isn't playing based on Roderick's comments today. Uh, If he's playing, admittedly, I'd be a little more excited for it because I think it definitely bolsters our chances, right? As opposed to a a sickos mode (laughs) situation, in which we're dealing with a a fourth string QB. Uh, But yeah, we will definitely see. I'd maybe give it somewhere. It's going to be a range uh, between a six and an eight. All right, let's throw a range out there.
2: You're, you're both fired. The answer is 10. The answer is 10 because we have an opportunity to watch those Royal blue uniforms run out onto the field and watch DYU play football one more time. That's the correct They'd answer. Fall
1: if we were in Navy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm with Trevor. Like uh, the sicko, the sicko in me just really wants to see what Nick Billups is going to be able to do. And I have no idea if he's going to be the quarterback. Like maybe it's Jay. I don't know if Kate Venegan is even healthier if he has any limbs currently. But like, I just want to see what the offense is going to look like. Uh, everyone is going to be out. No one's going to be playing, but it is what it is. It's going to look like an NFL preseason game is, <laughs> is kind of the the vibe I'm getting uh, because even SMU, like they're missing their best receiver and they're, I think they're missing wide receivers one and three. So I don't know. It's, it might be the worst football game you've ever seen, and that's exactly why you need to watch.
1: <laughs> A glorious dumpster fire of bowl games, yeah, absolutely.
0: Here, here's the one question: Is I, I'm kind of battling how I'm gonna feel if we, if we trot out Nick Phillips or Peters or Cade Finnegan, like any of them doesn't really matter, and they throw the ball more than Jacob Conover did. Like that, like that uh, is going to be the part of it for me that I'm going to be like, Ugh. like, I,
2: like that's it's going to make you feel a little icky inside. Right. Yes. But I, okay. This, this could be, this could be my hot take for the game. Whoever plays quarterback for BYU is going to attempt <laughs> more passes in this game than Jacob Conover has in his entire career. What's BYU. the number?
1: Ooh. Let's look it up. <laughs>
0: Joe made that take and didn't know what the number was?
2: It's something, I think it's something like 16.
0: Really? That's, cool. That was okay. the
2: number in my head that I'm kind of basing it off of.
0: I guess it depends on the game plan. I mean, Zach, Zach Wilson in the potato bowl was, I mean, he was 100%, but he was 18, he was 18 for 18. <laughs> no, so. no,
2: dude. Dude, it's 11. 11 oh, Yeah, oh, okay. no, 11. Smash the over smash, over, his... the over. smash the over. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> as, as Hunter would say.
2: Uh, okay, will he end up with a better completion percentage than Jacob Conover? Yes. Jacob Conover is 5 for 11 in his career, averaging 4.5 yards in a tent. Yes. I think so.
0: Just part, partially because SMU's defense is so bad.
1: I want to see All the right. trick plays we're gonna pull out. You know, if if we can't if, attempt standard passes, I let's I mean triple me, option, wishbone. The wing T, saying, bring it out.
2: Ken Miyamatalolo's looking for a job. Man. That's what I was Let just get about, about to say. Bring him in. Let's let's run the triple option. We got Nick Billups. He can he can move. He can scoot. Like let's let's give him the opportunity to show us what we've all wanted the kind of offense that will make Lavelle Edwards roll over in his grave (laughs) because no BYU offense ever should run the ball 45 times a game but man do I want to see it this Saturday
0: (laughs) okay I I do have a question from like just because I'm curious I guess I'm not sure um will will Jay Hill be on the sideline and how much influence over the game will he have
2: uh, none. I think none. he's helping the team practice and he's probably having some role in game game planning, but Kalani going to be calling the plays.
0: Gotcha. And, and he won't be on the sideline. You said
2: no, I mean, he'll, he might be on the sideline, but not in any coaching capacity.
0: Got it. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, you said, you said 11. I, I can see any one of those three throwing tw- at least 12 times.
2: Okay. Uh, Then give me over, under 70 points scored in this game. I think the line is even higher than that.
1: I think it might be. I want to say under if given our QB situation. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that SMU might be putting up points on our defense and we might not be able to answer.
0: That's my concern too. Is is I worry if I say over that like, yes, we've hit the over, but it's like 50 to 20.
2: I th- I think this is, I mean, if if the over is hit, it's because it's that kind of game. But I'm willing to bet that if if this game is close at all, it's going to be because it's going to be because BYU controlled the pace of the game and mm-hmm. literally ran the ball 45 times. So I'm like, yeah. even at its worst, I think it's going to be like a you know 31-28 type game if if BYU runs the ball because we all know BYU doesn't score over 40 points ever. It's just not what they do.
0: No, we all know it. Uh, prediction. Um, let's do. Let's do BYU thirty-five, SMU twenty-seven. Okay. okay.
2: Chandler.
1: Uh, I'm not going to be very uh, BYU hype train esque uh, of my prediction. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go SMU thirty-eight, BYU twenty-four.
2: Not a strong start, Chandler. Not a strong start at all.
1: I I hope we have a stronger start than I'm anticipating us to have.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with 31-28. And then let's get to the offseason. And this is where the real fun stuff happens. Because now we're going to see what the future of the BYU program looks like. Uh, I think next Tuesday, if not next Wednesday, is National Signing Day. So next time you hear from us, uh, we'll have a much better picture of what BYU's recruiting class is going to look like. Uh, Let's... Say our prayers and leave our milk and cookies out for Kalani Satake so that uh, he brings us a couple of uh, four-star and a couple high three-star recruits uh, before the end of this cycle. Um, but brethren, any any parting wisdom or takes as we say our goodbyes?
0: Parting wisdom. I think, I think as we head into the offseason – we all need to recognize that we're all going to have takes and we're probably going to disagree with some and we're going to agree with others, but it doesn't, that doesn't reflect on the person personally. I think we saw this last week, like not necessarily anyone in this like chat right now, but there's definitely a lot of like, Oh, well you're an idiot. Like, cause you feel this way. Like they're not an idiot. In they the BYU just,
1: community. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so like they just, they just feel very differently about it than you and they very well like they very well may be wrong like but it's not who they are based off of like something they tweet for example there's my wisdom remember we all wear blue the shades just might be different and then there's Kalani who wears all the shades to unify us together
1: I mean, um, I guess my parting wisdom would be to to have faith, which should be a familiar uh, call to action, I guess, for, for BYU fans. But, Love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, remember, we have a lot of young talent on our roster still. A lot of those past recruits that we were able to get, the Isaiah Moas that haven't seen the field yet, as well as the Micah Harpers, the Jacob Robinsons, Raider Mooney, some of the other mission guys coming back are going to make a big difference in our program. It's easy to forget about them since they've been on their missions and they haven't kind of been with the program yet, but – uh, there's a lot of, of good things coming hill is a phenomenal recruiter we're going to get things right uh, i'm working on a little uh, special something I'm covering jay hill and, and kind of his weaver state defense uh but yeah believing good things to come i know that this recruiting Cycle in the past little bit has felt like uh, the Charlie Brown running up to kick the football and we're falling down time and time again. (laughs) Uh, A lot of good things are coming in the next few weeks, even. A lot of these uh, recruits and even transfers, um, if they want to enroll in school early or want to be in school for this next semester, are going to be making a decision here in the next two or three weeks. Um, So be looking forward for some news. Be excited. Get excited. It's still okay to have hope after a rough week or two. So have faith.
2: Love it. Uh, Now and always. F the Utes and especially F the Utes this Saturday as BYU <laughs> basketball takes on Utah in the Marriott Center. Uh, so shout out to shout out to the basketball team. Bring it home, and if you guys win, we will definitely be talking about basketball on next week's
0: podcast. <laughs> There's your incentive. We're back. <laughs>